AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for stopping by the channel once again today this is episode 416 of off the script i am jd from new york and this is the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your thursday afternoons wherever you may be it sounds like and looks like it's been a busy week in the world of professional wrestling but in fact i'm looking at what i got as far as news this week, and it looks like it's a slow week, there really isn't anything substantial coming out of WWE, AEW. It seems like this week we were almost in a waiting period. WWE has their road to WrestleMania. We are a little bit less than six weeks to go till WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas. Nothing really is materializing over there. More of the same old, same old shit. From Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. WrestleMania's card, I'm actually looking at it right now. The updated card, which we will go over, looks quite pathetic, if you ask me. AEW's building towards revolution. AEW has this major announcement that Tony Khan's been talking about for about a week now. Nobody knows what it is. He's under a uh, NDA. He can't even discuss it. And he says it's going to be special for pro wrestling fans. So... I don't know what that entails, but I'm excited about that. We had a couple of big debuts this week. We had Buddy Matthews and Shane Strickland. Though not on television, it was confirmed by Fightful that Shane Strickland, the former Isaiah Swerve Scott, is now all elite. So we will be talking about all that. It sounds like it's been a busy week, but it really hasn't been. It's more of the same old, same old, and like I said before, we're kind of in this uh, this lull this week. We're just waiting for things to happen. Obviously, Cody Rhodes is still a major talking point. If if he's going to WWE, I I don't know, but that is the going rumor. A lot of hints dropped on Monday Night Raw. Even Pat McAfee on his show, the Pat McAfee show, is dropping hints that Cody Rhodes is going to WWE. We got news on AJ Styles as well. Not sure if you guys are aware that AJ Styles was a free agent this year. I was surprised to hear that myself. He's no longer a free agent. Signs one of the biggest contracts in WWE this year. We will go over for how long and for how much AJ is probably ending his career with in WWE. And Drake Maverick. I know that's a name that really isn't discussed or talked about here on the show. Quite pathetic 
of Drake Maverick to want to go back to the WWE after being fired not once, but twice. And we will go over this big rumor that was supposedly a working plan for WrestleMania 38 with the four horsewomen. Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, cringe, and Charlotte Flair, just equally as cringe. The four horsewomen in a main event fatal four-way match at WrestleMania 38. I don't know how that would even be possible. They're all on separate brands. And the egos, my God, the egos in that match. I don't know how WWE could even come up with a logical outcome for that match at their stage with all these women in their career, man. It, it, it would be nearly impossible to make everybody happy in that match. So we got some things to talk about. And like I said, I'm glad you guys are joining me on your Thursday afternoons. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. That is the most important thing to do. I know a lot of you guys don't like the bell or think the bell doesn't work. But if you guys hit the bell, at least YouTube is going to send out that notification and let you know when I'm live, when I upload and all that good stuff. So make sure you guys do that. Hit the thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you guys go check out the live streams that were uploaded this week. Raw, which had a lot of Cody Rhodes innuendo. And then AEW Dynamite. Jesse and I really dove deep into what we thought was a great episode of Dynamite, so make sure you guys go and check that out for me, all on the homepage right now. And, as always, I want to thank my sponsor for today's show, Audible, audibletrial.com slash script. You guys are going to sign up using our link, audibletrial.com slash script, get 30 days free of their service, and one free audiobook of your choice. So make sure you guys go and do that, and sign up for Audible, get that free gift on me, on OTS. Start at the top, man. Jeff Hardy. The worst kept secret in all of professional wrestling is Jeff Hardy. Where's he going? Where's he going? He's going to New Japan. Where's he going? He's got an MLW. Where's he going? He's got an impact. <laughs> Nobody watches impact, man. Why would he want to go to impact wrestling, right? Where's Jeff Hardy going? Jeff Hardy's going to AEW. How do I know? Well, he said it himself. He said it himself. The rumors about Jeff Hardy going to AEW have been confirmed. Hardy confirmed on this during an interview with Jared Myers. No idea who he is. It's not important. Mr. Myers says this took place at one of Hardy's recent concerts, and it was meant to be more of a talk than a serious interview, but Hardy knew that he was being filmed. So Hardy, in this clip, the audio is kind of hard to hear in this. I watched it this morning, and he says, I'm going to AEW. I'm so excited. End quote. So the audio is hard to hear, being that they're on a concert and there's noise in the background, but this was audibly heard. I'm going to AEW. 
I'm so excited, end quote. Now, Hardy's jump to AEW has been speculated ever since he left WWE on his own terms. However you want to decipher that one, make sure you guys go and read the story about the drug test that WWE wanted Hardy to take, and he said, fuck no. And then WWE begged him back into the company and even lured him back with a possible Hall of Fame induction. Once again, Hardy said, fuck no. I would like to go in with my brother Matt. That wasn't going to happen. Hardy didn't want to be away from his family for 30 days while they sent him back to drug rehab. He pretty much told WWE and people power, John Laurinaitis, fuck no. So good on Jeff Hardy, brother Nero. So this has been speculated for weeks. Everybody knows he's going to AEW. Everybody knows the Hardy boys are getting back together. Jeff was released in December, and all of this because of erratic behavior behavior when he jumped the guardrail at a house show. Hardy stated that he didn't do any drugs, and he took a drug test, or the WWE wanted him to take a drug test, and he didn't want to take the drug test because he knew he was sober. And that is what it snowballed into. Hardy would be free to appear on AEW television in early March, and it looks like a reunion with Matt on TV, on TNT, is going to be happening very, very soon. Good. Good. I'm very happy. I'm very proud of Jeff Hardy for giving the WWE exactly what they deserve. A good old fuck you. This is the worst kept secret in all of pro wrestling. We know Jeff Hardy is going to join AEW. We know Jeff Hardy is going to join Matt. And whether they are Team Extreme, the Hardy Boys, the Broken Hardys, it doesn't matter. There is still money to be made in the Hardy Boys, no matter what character they want to play. They are still together. I feel like Matt's kind of floated uh, in, in a sea of irrelevancy for the last couple of years. Ever since he signed with AEW, he wanted to do the broken thing, but couldn't do the broken thing because the broken thing feeds off the live fans. And he brought it back or debuted the broken thing in the middle of the pandemic when nobody expected the world to fucking just come to an end. So he's been kind of floating in a sea of nothing. And I feel like Matt is going to be better with Jeff. And I feel like Jeff is going to feel like a a career resurgence happening around him when he joins Matt. This is going to be a good thing. Tony Khan is going to be overly excited. No question. Tony Khan's going to be like a little kid in a candy store. No question. But there's money to be made with the Hardys. Especially in that tag team division, which right now sits at the top of all of pro wrestling. This is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. Do they advertise Jeff in advance? I don't know. You know, Tony Khan loves to pop a rating with a new debut or a new incoming talent or signee. I don't know how he's going to handle it. Are they going to announce Jeff appearing on Dynamite with a live microphone? I would actually go that route instead of just surprise him with a debut. I really would. I'd have Jeff Hardy show up. I'd have Jeff Hardy get a microphone and tell everybody exactly how he's feeling, why he's here, and then join Matt and reform the Hardy Boys live on television. One final run as the Hardy Boys in AEW chasing tag team gold. I think it's great. It's going to be a great thing to see in just a couple of weeks. AEW also signed Buddy Matthews. They're on a signing spree. Buddy Matthews, he debuted on Dynamite last night. He looked great. He joined Malachi and Brody in the House of Black. 
It's going to be a great faction. They looked fantastic together. Buddy Matthews, this has been a thing for a little bit. Ever since January, it's been talked about. They finally brought him in. They finally found a spot for him, and I'm glad he's there. He's one of the best in-ring talents in all of professional wrestling. I don't know how somebody like that remained free for the amount of time that he did. Though small, he is an instant pickup for any roster, in my honest opinion. Not a game changer, not a needle mover by any sense of the word. Nobody really is. But to have that man on your roster, you are in possession of one of the best talents in the world. No question. The other talent that AEW signed was Isaiah Swerve Scott, also known as Shane Strickland. He's heading to AEW. This is coming from Fightful. They added that many in AEW are operating as if Shane Strickland was already coming in and the deal would take effect right in the beginning of March, the first week of March. Meltzer noted last week that nothing was confirmed, but there was a very good chance that Strickland was going to end up in AEW. People in AEW reportedly inquired about him very early after he was let go by WWE, and rightfully so, because the man is fucking talented. The man is great. I don't know how he was let go by WWE. Don't know how he was let go. He appeals to a wide audience. He's very talented out of the ring with whatever he's got going on. Don't know how you couldn't find a way to market him and make money while also promoting the brand and promoting him at the same time. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. One of the most dumbest fucking things in all of the 200 releases that we've seen in the last two and a half years from WWE is letting go of somebody like that. No care for talent. They don't have their finger on the pulse when it comes to talent. They're lazy. Meanwhile, everybody that hates AEW will be looking at a move like this. Oh, another ex-WWE guy. He didn't even get to the fucking counter at the coffee shop. Never mind order a fucking cup of coffee in WWE. But sure, claim he's an ex-WWE guy. What exactly did he do? He didn't do anything. WWE lost interest immediately. And I, it pains me to know I was right about this. Ever, ever since they got called up, Hit Row got called up, all four of them, I said, this is a failure waiting to happen. They're not ready for the main roster. They're not a main roster act. Now, I caught flack from Hit Row because somebody clipped the show and sent it to them. I got blocked by two of the four in Hit Row, Swerve and Bottom Dollar. But who ended up being right? It was me that ended up being right. I didn't want to be right in that instance, but, I mean, the writing was on the wall in more ways than one. They didn't fit the current WWE mold, especially with Vince and Bruce running the show. And now that Vince and Bruce are running the show on Tuesday night in NXT, they called Hit Row up because they were gutting NXT at the time they called Hit Row up. And they cut them all because that was the last remaining project that Triple H was actually a part of and had full creative control over. That's something that he created. So in the process of eliminating everything Paul Levesque, they were a part of eliminating Paul Levesque. And I don't want to hear lip from anybody. That's why they got released. Plus the laziness of Vince and Bruce. You throw it into one big mixer, and it's a recipe for disaster. That's all it was. So now he's in AEW. Now he's AEW's problem. That's a good problem to have if you're Tony Khan. There was also talk within AEW. That Strickland, and this is why I said, I don't know why you couldn't make money off of him outside of pro wrestling. 
There's also talk in AEW of using Strickland to be a crossover star, and there has been talk about talent doing work on water media shows on TBS and on TNT. Since his release from WWE, Strickland has been booked for dates in GCW and numerous high-level independent companies, including New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he's not under contract with New Japan. There's also said to be interest from Ring of Honor as well for their reboot coming up in April, but obviously that's not going to happen if he's signed exclusively with AEW. This is a great pickup. I don't care how many people Tony Khan is signing. Tony Khan signing people is Tony Khan's problem. The fans, I've never seen fucking fans. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm an analyst, okay? I I analyze everything. I I worry about a possible bloated roster. I worry about maybe signing too many people. How many people are going to get television time? How many people are going to be sitting and catering compared to the amount of TV time that they're getting? We talked about this on Wednesday. And Jesse, my partner on Wednesday, made a good point. It's It's not our problem to concern ourselves with how many people Tony Khan signs. And the difference between AEW and Monday night or Friday night in WWE is the fact that if you watch Wednesdays on Dynamite, you're never going to get the same show twice. You're not going to get a repeat of last week. Every Monday night Raw and every Friday night, you see a repeat of Monday and Friday the week before that and the week before that and the week before that. How many fucking rematches? Do we have to sit through to finally get something new? It's like three months of rematches. Then WWE gives us one match that we've never seen before. And then right back to the fucking rematches that they were doing for the last three months. There's no creativity. WWE has no roster. They also have five hours of television time. But again, that's not my fucking problem. Just like it's not your problem with how many uh, signees AEW and Tony Khan want to bring into the company. So just enjoy the show. At least you know you're watching Dynamite on Wednesday night and you're not going to get the same fucking match that you saw 16 times before in the last eight weeks. Give me a break. That's great. Shane Strickland's going to be a big deal in AEW and the red carpet's going to be rolled out for him because there's one difference, one huge difference compared to what we see in WWE coming from AEW. It's the fact that they appreciate talent. They know talent. And they give talent opportunity. How long it takes for them to really get to a point where we all envision them to be? Who knows? Who knows? But the fact that Tony Khan is developing a roster and building a roster with the talent that he has, it's a great thing for the fans. I love to see it, and I can't wait to see Swerve in AEW. WrestleMania, WWE has a working plan. This is surprising. A working plan for WrestleMania 38. Now, it's not 100%. No things in WWE always change. But there is said to be a working plan in place for the show. WrestleMania is typically a show that should be planned months in advance. I remember back in the day when WrestleMania was being planned around SummerSlam. Then it got later and later and later as we grew older and the creative team got lazier and lazier and lazier. Back in the day, it used to be planned around SummerSlam. Then it got pushed to Survivor Series. Then you'd start hearing WrestleMania plans around Survivor Series. Then you'd start hearing WrestleMania plans around the Royal Rumble. Now we don't really hear WrestleMania plans until after the Royal Rumble is over in February. They usually leave themselves about eight, nine weeks to build WrestleMania. Meanwhile, that's not the way 
it should be at all. So the creative team right now, nothing is locked. Let me get that out of the way. But it appears WWE has a working plan for WrestleMania right now. Of course, Vince McMahon can always make late changes at any time he wants. The Austin, that is Steve Austin, by the way. The rumor of Austin coming back is still out there. The Steve Austin-Kevin Owens match appears to still be on track because they had Owens say something negative about Texas again on Monday, and they are making sure that he wins matches with the Stunner to help set up a Stone Cold Stunner versus KO Stunner match at WrestleMania. That sounds lame as fucking hell. Oh my God, a Stunner versus a Stunner match. And I can't wait to see how that one goes over. So that is still on the table. And the updated card for WrestleMania is this, and it's the following. Brock Lesnar, WWE Champion, versus Roman Reigns, Universal Champion. This is title versus title, winner take all. So I'm expecting Roman to walk out the victor there. Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair for the Women's Championship on SmackDown. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Dominic and Rey Mysterio Versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Edge will be on the card. His opponent will be announced at a later date because he's teasing for a open challenge, whether it's Cody or AJ Styles. I don't know. It, it may be neither of those men. It may be somebody else that we're not really thinking of. I have no idea. So Edge is going to be on the show, but in what capacity? I don't know. Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville for the Intercontinental Championship. I know it sounds thrilling, I know. And Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, man. Match of the year right there, man. I can't wait to sit down with a cold beverage and enjoy Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin at WrestleMania. Jesus fucking Christ. Does this card look awful? It's a typical WWE card. WrestleMania should be the biggest and best show of the year. The Showcase. Of the Immortals. That's what it was called. I don't know what the fuck this show looks like, but it's the showcase of mediocrity, is what I see. WrestleMania 38 is being being put in the mud, in the dirt, by revolution. AEW is building a better show from top to bottom than WrestleMania. Sounds like AEW revolution is stupendous. But WrestleMania is just mediocrity. What a sad fucking card. But WWE has a working plan. For what? What they got a working plan for? They know their match is great. You got a working plan. WWE finally doing their fucking job. They got a working fucking plan. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. You're actually doing what you're paid to do. Give me a fucking break. Working plan. We'll see how good that working plan is come Monday after WrestleMania. There's also no limitations on WrestleMania's card. There were reports that Vince McMahon is up to bringing up any idea, churning out ideas, plenty of pitches are all on the table. Nothing is going to be turned away. Several reports have come out in the last few weeks, according to several sources, about plans and pitches for WrestleMania. Ringside News exclusively reported that there was even a pitch to have Kurt Angle come in and participate in an angle for the Elimination Chamber. That pitch was simply a pitch, and no plans were in place. WrestleMania plans consist of a lot of pitches as well. There were also reports 
that Vince McMahon may be on his way back to the ring at Mania. Though Ringside News was not able to confirm this, a tenured member and a source that they are in the know with of WWE Creative confirmed that nothing is off the table when it comes to WrestleMania. We were given an example, says Ringside News, as absurd as Hulk Hogan versus Linda McMahon as something that someone will likely suggest to illustrate how anything is up for discussion at this point. Again, we must stress that nothing is off the table. Everything will be pitched for the next few weeks, so everything will be discussed. There are no limitations to the ideas being discussed by WWE when it comes to WrestleMania. Well, I mean, if Austin's coming out of retirement at 57 years old, the likelihood of Vince McMahon being back in a ring, I don't really see as that far-fetched. Though I would not see it, and nobody really cares to see it, he does have something going on with Austin Theory. That may be something that we could see. I doubt we see it, but I think that should be left on the creative table and nobody ever revisit that again. The only thing that I see here... The story says absolutely no limitations from Ringside News about WrestleMania 38. Seems like WWE is desperate for attention. Seems like WWE doesn't know how to generate interest, and they're listening to more than what they usually listen to in the creative aspect because they themselves don't know how to make anything interesting. There's only so much Vince and Bruce can do by themselves. I mean, they ruin weekly television on a weekly basis. And now they're trying to listen to more and more ideas to generate interest. I'm sorry. It's not the way it works. Maybe if you actually had a fucking writing team that you appreciated, maybe we wouldn't be seeing half the fucking shit the way it turns out on Monday and Friday. But WWE has a working plan and there are no limitations for WrestleMania 38. Sounds like a complete fucking shit show, if you ask me. And a shit show that seems, as always, to be very unorganized. Is WWE going to miss out on Dwayne Johnson again for WrestleMania 39? Now, we're not even through WrestleMania 38, and people are already talking about The Rock for WrestleMania 39. There is a rumor that Roman Reigns will be winning both championships, that is the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship, and then at the end of that match, The Rock will come out and confront the Tribal Chief the head of the table, and they will set up WrestleMania 39, Roman versus Rock, at WrestleMania 39 in SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles. But there is a new report from Dave Meltzer about The Rock being too busy to maybe compete next year at WrestleMania. It was announced this week that Dwayne Johnson's XFL has struck a deal with the NFL, and Meltzer thinks this could impact The Rock's ability to be at WrestleMania 39. He said this, and I quote, Dwayne being all over next year promoting the XFL, which could be interesting because next year's the WrestleMania that was supposed to work with Roman and Rock, and that would be in April, and that's probably going to be in the middle of the XFL season. If he's got any kind of action movie deal within a couple of months of WrestleMania, let alone if he's got One that takes place during that period. There's no way he would be able to do the match. Even if it's like a month or two after, they wouldn't let him because the insurance and things like that would be too high. That's why he never did another match after John Cena. If he wants to do a clean slate with movies 
and not do anything. Still, he's going to be promoting the XFL stuff. He can still train, but I don't think he can promote this stuff and do WrestleMania. It's not just movies. He's got ballers, Young Rock, TV shows that he does. So I know that's kind of the plan for next year, Rock versus Reigns. But yeah, the guy's got a lot on his plate. That's going to be a higher priority over WrestleMania and WWE, end quote. It's way too early to be talking about this. We, we don't really know. If the WWE and The Rock struck some kind of deal, it, it's already in the can, and we already can just put that to bed. Because there was a moment not too long ago where The Rock was having dinner with Nick Khan, and apparently they're, they're childhood friends, and they know each other's families. And they were out to dinner, and that really kind of stuck out at me as, boy, oh boy, WWE's really going after The Rock. If Nick Khan is able to do what he's done so far in over a year with WWE, there's really nothing that the man can't do, and that's getting The Rock to get a huge payday from the company to come back and wrestle Roman and have his farewell tour. That's it. Now, I don't know if it's going to be another match on top of the Roman match. I don't know if it's going to be all WrestleMania season. It may just be three or four appearances on TV to build to Roman, and then that's it. The match sells itself. You don't even need Rock all WrestleMania season. You need him maybe two or three times tops to sell the match with Roman at WrestleMania. What we're talking about next year, is it for the title? I don't know. But this storyline has revolved around Rock, and The Rock hasn't been there. He's been a shadow in this Roman Reigns tribal chief head of the table storyline. It all revolves around family. He's family. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Meltzer is giving everybody the impression that Rock is not going to appear at WrestleMania, and it's a done deal that he's not. Yes, he's a busy guy. We all know he's a busy guy. But what does he need to do as far as, you know, him owning the XFL and being in the middle of the season, why he can't do WrestleMania? What is he going to be, or what, is, what does he need to do in the middle of the XFL season to a point where he can't run and, and go to WrestleMania? I, I, I don't understand. This is like taking a little, a little vacation. Yeah, I'll be away for three weeks. So what? He's got his ex-wife there running the show as well. So what he can't do, she'll pick up the slack while he goes and makes a huge payday at WrestleMania, helps the uh, Roman out, and, and helps WWE out. It, it just makes sense for him to get it out of the way so we don't have to hear about it anymore. WWE's always going to be asking for The Rock. You might as well just get it out of the way now. Just, you know, take the phone call, go to Stanford, and say, Vince, I'm done after this. I, I, that's it, I can't do it no more. I'm going to help my boy out. I'm going to help Roman out, going to help you out, but I don't need it anymore. I do want to do it one more time. I want to do it for Roman, and that's it. The more this lingers, the more WWE will be picking up that phone and calling Dwayne. Oh, you, do you want to come back again? How about we, we, we do uh, How about we do The Rock versus Lesnar? Give me a break. Just get it out of the way. But I do think, my prediction is we'll see The Rock at WrestleMania, and then all of these stories that we've heard for the past six months to a year, are going to be put to bed. So then you now know, if he shows up at WrestleMania, we'll be getting The Rock next year at WrestleMania 39 in SoFi Stadium. WWE signed Drake Maverick. WWE has signed Drake Maverick. But JD, didn't they fire him in the last round of budget cuts? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. He was fired not once, but twice from WWE, and they brought him back. Doing what, you ask? 
Real name James Curtin has confirmed his position in WWE as he is now back with the company for a third time as part of the creative team in WWE. Maverick joined the creative team before his non-compete clause was up from his release last November. Maverick issued the following statement on his LinkedIn page. And I quote, I'm pleased to announce that towards the end of 2021, I accepted the wonderful offer of becoming a part of the WWE creative writing team as a writer slash producer. Some of my last appearances in ring for WWE fittingly happened in the United Kingdom. The last appearance of that tour was in my hometown of Birmingham, United Kingdom, where it all started. My parents had seen me perform many times at arena shows, but never for the WWE. I was finally at peace with what I had accomplished in life and said to them both at the hotel with tears rolling down my face and beaming with pride, Mom and Dad, I did it. My final appearance in ring was in Louisville, Kentucky, which was my first home in the United States when I moved to the country in 2013. This writes itself, doesn't it? After a fun and entertaining match with involving uh, a cavalcade of stars... We returned to the gorilla position to smiling faces and a round of applause. The UK tour ending with that night in Louisville, Kentucky was the most rewarding week of my career. If you told me there and then that was the end, I was good with it. I now have the opportunity to expand my horizons even further in the industry I love as well as many other avenues, including film and television. After a career beginning in 2001 as an in-ring performer, I've personally exceeded all of my personal expectations from a geographical and physical standpoint in a line of work somebody like myself should have never succeeded in. Needless to say, all thanks to the people I have had the pleasure of being around on the journey and this industry as a whole, I am blessed in life to have this position. It owes me nothing, yet I owe it everything. Thanks for reading, James, end quote. Maverick was among several wrestlers and staff who were released by WWE in April 2020. Despite the release, WWE still used Maverick in a tournament to crown a new Cruiserweight champion as he was still technically under the 90-day non-compete at the time. He made it to the finals of the tournament but fell short when he lost to Santos Escobar. Right after the match, it was confirmed that Maverick had signed a new deal with the WWE. He was later paired with Killian Dane on NXT television, but then again released last November. You know, I, I, I read this story, and though Drake Maverick sounds like an absolute great human being, he does. He sounds like the nicest fucking guy you could possibly ever meet. He sounds like a guy who just wants to be in professional wrestling. He loves the sport. A guy like him was never supposed to succeed. And that is true. But the thing is, the guy was fired twice. Once he was fired, they brought him back and paid him his bare minimum, 90-day non-compete. They used him to sell his story on television while they were laughing behind his back. Ha, 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 we fired him, but he still wants to be here. Ha, 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 he cut a crying promo on social media like a fucking little bitch. It's what they were probably thinking. We let him go, and then he crawls right back, and he has no problem being used on television to be demoralized as he was fired not too long before that. Signed the new deal. 
WWE had no fucking plans for him. They merely signed him to a new deal, not because he's Drake Maverick, not because he's talented, but because of the social media reaction to his crying promo on social media about being released from the WWE. So he got a second chance. They tried to do something with him and Killian Dane, but it never went anywhere, and it really didn't fit the mold of what I know NXT to be. Then Nick Khan and Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard with John Laurinaitis, they all make their weekly trips to the Performance Center. They see Drake Maverick, and Nick Khan says to Bruce, who's this? And then Bruce is like, ah, oh, yeah, we, we, we fired him. We, we fired him uh, last, uh, last April. But Triple H, Paul Levesque, uh, brought him back. And then, obviously, when everybody realized that Drake Maverick was still there and Triple H had brought him back, probably slipped right under everybody's nose in April, they said, oh, 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 he's a Paul Levesque guy. Let's get rid of him. Let's get rid of him. So they fired him again. This is the guy that they had piss his pants live on pay-per-view. This is a guy that they had fucking roaming around with Robert Roode's robe, right? Remember that? This is a guy that they did not give a shit about. Did I mention that they had him pee his pants on live television to cause a distraction in a match? No, but this guy wants to be back with WWE. I think Drake Maverick's a great human being. I do. I don't know him, but he sounds like a swell individual. Do I feel bad for him? No. I did feel bad for him the first time. Nobody likes losing their job, and nobody on the outside looking in likes to see anybody go through the pain of losing a job that they loved. But at this point, I can't say that I feel bad for Drake Maverick. I kind of feel sad for Drake Maverick. I think Drake Maverick is fucking pathetic at this point. You went back... A third time to a fucking company that clearly doesn't value you now. And this is where I don't understand. I mentioned something on Twitter about this. And I got hate. Oh, you're always negative about WWE. Do you realize what the fuck you're watching? Does Drake Maverick realize who the fuck he's working for? Not only did they never value you as an in-ring performer, you took the one fucking position in the company where they value nobody. You're even less valued now than you were as an active in-ring performer. At least you were on TV and you had entertaining skits with R-Truth and the 24-7 championship. But now you're in a position where your voice will never be heard and you're just another nobody. You're a WWE creative writer. You're a producer. How much producing they allow you to do, I don't know. Come next year, when I see your name on the fucking line list, and it's still Drake Maverick produced so-and-so, I'll say, all right, maybe they found something for him to do, and he's fitting nicely into a, a comfortable role for himself. But at this point, from where I sit, you're going to a position where you will be valued at zero. Your creative ideas are never going to make it past the fucking room that they were born in. They go from the table with a bunch of nobodies to Bruce, and then Bruce gives Vince exactly what he wants. It goes from Bruce to Vince. The writing team doesn't have any fucking say at all. There is nothing more than an echo chamber in that fucking writing room. And the ideas that are born and created there never make it to the door on the other side. 
It goes from Bruce to Vince, back to Vince and Bruce. That is it. So Drake Maverick taking a writing team member or a position on the writing team. Great. Exactly what this company needs. Shelling out more payroll for somebody on the writing team where their ideas will never be heard. Thanks for showing up to work, Drake Maverick. Now you're going to feel worse than what you were doing when they actually had a use for you on TV. Sad. Sad. I don't know who in their right mind would take a writing position with WWE. What a fucking moron. But he loves being there. Makes you wonder how how much he's struggling to get by with the money that he's making. He certainly loves to be there. He certainly loves to be abused, doesn't he? If they fired you once and then they brought you back, fine. But if they fired you a second time, something should have went off in your head and said, maybe they just don't give a shit. So now you're back there for a third time knowing that they just don't give a shit and you're in a position where you will never, ever be utilized. AJ Styles, speaking of utilized, AJ Styles needs to be utilized a lot better in WWE. At $3 million a year, I would hope Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard start utilizing AJ Styles. Fightful Select on February 22 reported that Styles is now a multi-millionaire with WWE. Multiple years, well worth over $3 million per year. There is some financial accommodation for bus travel included in the contract as well. AJ is getting the best of everything in WWE. AJ Styles joined WWE in 2016 after a decorated career in Ring of Honor, TNA, New Japan. His existing contract was expiring late this spring. Going into the summer. When he signed an extension in 2019, he said it would be his last. While that didn't turn out to be true, the sentiment behind it was AJ said WWE was the perfect place for him to be. Things are said in the past and people change their minds. But money certainly does a lot of talking as well. AJ said WWE is the perfect place to be for him. Fightful's report says WWE New Styles would have plenty of suitors if he became a free agent. And didn't want to risk losing him. That is the line, the key line in Fightful's report. Sounds like both sides got what they wanted. WWE got their man. WWE would not allow him to go to AEW. And AJ Styles got the big money deal that he got. Plus bus accommodations and other travel and financial accommodations. Because of AEW. I want to see how many fucking people... Glance over that huge fucking spotlight in this story. Why did AJ Styles, a world-renowned professional wrestler, not saying AJ is not worth $3 million a year, don't mix up my words. Why would anybody, especially AJ who's been treated like shit the last year or so, why would AJ get $3 million from a company that is actively seeking to cut budget in every aspect? Why would they pay him $3 million to stay with the company, to use him in a half-assed way for three years? Multiple years, I'm assuming this is a three-year extension. WWE doesn't sign five-year extensions. I don't think AJ would have signed the five-year extension. WWE gave AJ Styles $3 million a year because they knew that Tony Khan would give him whatever he wanted to join AEW. So at the end of the day... 
Styles is worth as much as you want to pay him. He's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I love AJ Styles. AJ Styles is somebody that I look at and I'm like, that's exactly who I would, uh, not build WWE around, but that's exactly the style that I would, I would use on WWE television. People like AJ. He's got it all. But WWE signing AJ Styles to $3 million for multiple years is directly due, and it's, a, it's directly a fact of a- AEW existing. So not only should AJ Styles be shaking hands with Vince McMahon and Nick Khan, AJ Styles sounds like he should be sending a fucking thank you card to AEW just for existing. If AEW wasn't around, WWE's not giving AJ Styles $3 million a year. I'm sorry. If AEW's not around, Kevin Owens is not making 2 to $3 million a year. It's just the fact of life. AJ Styles made $3 million with this new deal because AEW merely exists. Now I hope WWE treats him like a main event guy because he's being paid like a main event guy. Let's get this guy in a major match at WrestleMania. Let's get him at the top of the card. Let's get him in a WWE title program. Let's start bringing some legitimacy to the fucking pro wrestling term with AJ Styles. The guy still has a lot left to give. The guy still moves great for his age, and he looks younger than he really is. So why isn't AJ a huge focus on your show? That's what I want to know. Styles' plans are not immediately clear. But one of the going rumors is AJ will be challenging Edge at WrestleMania 38. Let's start there. Let's start there. I'm happy for him, but if anybody's reading this story and not thinking the reason why he signed with WWE for $3 million a year is AEW, you clearly don't know what the fuck is going on. WWE strongly considered... A night one WrestleMania main event with Bailey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks. Now, this rumor was started by a UK geek known as Louis Dangor over at GiveMeSport.com. He reported that in November and early December, WWE was seriously considering a fatal four-way match with the four horsewomen. I think Louis Dangor is living in a fucking fantasy realm. WWE wasn't planning jack shit for WrestleMania going into December. They didn't even know who the fuck was going to win the Royal Rumble, but you expect me to believe WWE had plans for WrestleMania in late November, December? The only one that they had plans for at WrestleMania, maybe, and this is a soft layup, is Roman Reigns. Louis Dangor is a fucking complete unrealistic geek. In the community. I don't really understand how anybody listens to shit like this. So what I love about this is Ringside News did some digging and found out that this guy was full of shit. Dan Gore says the idea was to have Sasha Banks versus Bailey versus Becky versus Charlotte close out night one in Dallas. Presumably the Raw or SmackDown women's title would have been on the line, but that was not stated in this report. Dan Gore noted that WWE moved away from the Fatal 4-Way match idea for several reasons. One of the reasons is Ronda Rousey. Plans changed once they became aware that Rousey would be available, and the feeling was that she should be involved in a top singles women's match, which meant that the Fatal 4-Way would be scrapped. 
Dan Gore also stated that there was a desire from people in WWE to finish the Becky Lynch-Bianca Belair storyline at WrestleMania, which I'll, I'll have a lot to say on the road to WrestleMania, and I've already kind of uncovered why it doesn't really make any sense and why nobody should really be excited about it. It's unclear what Bayley and Banks will be doing at WrestleMania at this point, but the other horsewomen's matches are locked in. Becky, Bianca, and Charlotte, and Ronda. So there was a follow-up from Ringside News. Ringside News was told by a tenured member of the creative team that this, and I quote, was never discussed, never pitched, never considered, completely fake news. End quote. So there you have it, folks. Don't get your hopes up about this match happening at WrestleMania. Ringside News exclusively reported that WWE's hearing any and all pitches for WrestleMania, which I talked about in the beginning of the show, just because something is pitched or even discussed doesn't mean it's going to make it on the card. The fact that the Four Horsewomen match was never pitched should tell you something. Oh, man, I love when the UK geeks are really shown up in their reporting. These guys are the biggest marks that there are in the pro wrestling scene on social media. The match makes no, the match made and makes no sense. Sasha Banks isn't even in anything at WrestleMania. Bailey's not even back from injury yet. Charlotte pitched to have Ronda because she's a jealous bitch that Becky probably would have got the main event if Belair won the Royal Rumble. So they had Ronda win the Royal Rumble because Charlotte wants the main event WrestleMania because she doesn't want Becky to get it. And now Ronda needs to be at WrestleMania in a top-tier match because WWE needs to sell out not one but two nights at 100,000 seats at WrestleMania. So this match was never really a realistic option. Plus, on top of all the fucking political bullshit with Charlotte and Becky and Ronda and, and what's going on there, you mean to tell me you're going to take the fucking egos of Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, which, which right now are probably bigger than WWE itself, you're going to take the fucking bloated egos of Charlotte and Becky, put Bailey and Sasha in that match, and you mean to tell me you're going to come up with a logical fucking winner that isn't going to upset somebody? Who's going to win that match? And how would the match happen, and how would you give us the match if Charlotte is on SmackDown, Becky's on Raw, Sasha's on SmackDown, Bayley is not even a part of a fucking brand? Maybe you could merge the fucking brands and the brand split, unify the titles? It's something that should have been playing out on television in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, well before Royal Rumble. I would say this needed to be a long-term deal coming out of SummerSlam, coming out of Survivor Series, the latest. But you mean to tell me early December you want to start planning a horsewomen fucking feud and Bailey is still in the midst of rehabilitation? I, if I'm Louis Dangor, I'm not quitting my fucking day job. I'll tell you that much. And finally, guys, before we get the hell out of here, John Morrison... Johnny Mundo, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Impact. John Morrison has a name change. John Morrison has yet a new name. He's back in AAA, and he's got a new name. So his new name now in AAA, this was last Saturday night, he revealed his new name to be John Superstar. So we now have John Morrison as John Superstar. Johnny Superstar. This will be the 11th different name he's used. John Hennigan, his real name, John Morrison, Johnny Blackcraft, Johnny Blaze, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Onyx, Johnny Spade, Johnny Ultra. Now we got Johnny Superstar. 
It was a part of a group of wrestlers that WWE released in November due to budget cuts. His wife, Tyre Valkyrie, made a return to AAA in December at Triple Mania Regaya Part 2. So, John Morrison is now John Superstar. I would be shocked if he doesn't land with an American promotion. I really, I really would be shocked. But, I, you know, I like, I like that because everywhere he's gone, he's had a different moniker. And he doesn't want to be known as what he was previously. I, I like that. There's something about that that I really appreciate and respect. Yeah, I'm with this new place. I'm going to uh, a new avenue of my career. I'm going to be named uh, something else. You, you know, you, you're going to know who I am. I'm always going to be who I am, but I'm not going to be what you thought I was in name in my new place of employment. I like that. I really like that. So John Superstar, when you see him on the indies or maybe pop up in an American promotion and be back on TV possibly, John Superstar is John Morrison. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Like I said, there really isn't much to dive into. A lot of nothing news. These were legitimately the biggest stories of the entire week. So I'm glad I didn't do anything Tuesday. I'm glad I didn't do anything on Wednesday afternoon. So you got your episode 415 today on Thursday. Next time you'll see me is back live Friday night for SmackDown. Unless something breaking happens in the IWC, I will be there to cover it. But the next time you'll see me is live on SmackDown for the SmackDown and Rampage post show on Off The Script from the OTS venue. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum. Let me know what you guys think of all the top stories here down in the comment section. The comment section is yours. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel Monday night and Wednesday night's post shows on OTS. And as always, thank you to Audible, audibletrial.com slash scripts for your 30 days free and their one free audio book. Also, follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206, where it is the best place to keep up to date on everything I'm thinking while your weekly programming happens and the best way to keep up to date on everything happening on the channel. Guys, have a great Thursday, and I will see you back live for SmackDown and Rampage tomorrow night on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.